So today is March the 14th, 2019. Damn, I don't even know. Um, It probably is, though. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday, you know. Ain't nothing but a Thursday. So before I get into this episode, um, if you're not into spoilers, but, but I don't know, some of y'all are not... A, uh, not even listening to my pods anymore. I got like, like I said, I went from a lot of listens down to a little listens, but whatever. Uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm still gonna do it. Um, but I want to talk about fucking Captain Marvel. So if you haven't seen it and you see the title of this um, podcast, uh, tune out if you don't. If you haven't seen it or you don't, not planning to see it, but you want to see it without somebody telling you some shit. Then two now. Also, I'm talking How to Train Your Dragon. Also, The Umbrella Academy. Also, um, I think it's pronounced Kakeguri. Uh, I don't know if that's how to say it, but it's a Netflix anime based on a school of cam- gambling. So, we're going to get into that. So, the big one is Captain Marvel, because that was the one that, like, this is... For me, this is the prelude to what could be the most diabolical movie franchise ever assembled by Avengers, by a comic book ever amassed in the history of... This could be the biggest movie in the history of the world. I mean, that's what I think Marvel is gunning for. It's all been leading up to... It was all in... Infinity War was going to be the biggest one. And that was huge. Um, One of the best movies of all time. I don't know if it's, you know, the best movie of all time ever. I mean, that's hard. It's kind of hard to say. But this one could be, it could be right there. The the two of them, the the story of it could be the best story ever told on big screen. That's what this could be. And, I mean, even if they fall short of that, they're still going to land in the top ten. The... Marvel MCU will still land in the top, I if not top ten, top five. I mean, if not top five, at least top ten of all time stories ever, ever told, man, like ever. So Captain Marvel is the official, it's not the official, but it was the prelude to Endgame. I mean, this is like, this was the last nugget of anything we were going to get. But they just released a trailer today. But this is the last little nugget we were going to get till Endgame. This is it. Because now it's Endgame. Now we're going to get the answers to what happened. Is Are they going to reverse the snap? Is, are they killing off Thanos? Who's dying? Who's not dying? Who's coming back? See, Marvel positioned themselves 
before they left a lot of interpretation to what's going to happen. They're playing Hollywood. They're fiddling not only not only the fans, but they're fiddling Hollywood because Hollywood, you know, these everybody knows like just like in sports, like Hollywood knows. Okay, Chris Evans is he signed under contract with Marvel to do so many movies, and then he's gonna appear in these ones, and then after that they don't know. If we don't know about Tony, uh, Tony Stark. We don't know about Robert Downey Jr. We don't know about, you know, uh, Chris Hemsworth. We don't know about all these characters. Who's coming back? Who's not? We do know Spider-Man is going to be around, but we don't know in what capacity he's going to be around anymore in the MCU. Uh, Captain Marvel obviously just dropped, and obviously we think we, she's going to get some more movies, but we don't know to what capacity. We don't know how the teams are going to. We don't know how. I think there's going to be a volume three to Guardians of the Galaxy, but we don't know what's going to happen there either. Disney and Marvel are fiddling with Hollywood because not even Hollywood is, has really got a beat on one, on it. If everybody was signed up for another five movies, this would be a no-brainer of who's coming back, who's not coming back. Oh, well, it's fairly obvious that this character is getting axed or, you know, they're going to have to reboot this because this person is no longer part of the part of the story. That's not the case here. And that's not and that and that confusion trickles down to the fans because I've hearing, I've heard wild, speculatory, you know, oh the the somehow I've heard everything from Iron Man's gonna put the gauntlet on and he's gonna unsnap Thanos to snap to I've heard Captain America's gonna take one for the team and kill himself or or do the ultimate sacrifice to I've heard that you know. Loki didn't really die that he was he's actually Bruce Banner or the Hulk. I've heard I've heard so many. I mean, I I've heard so many things. And that confusion is exactly what Marvel and Disney need because there's there there's not even a spoiler because we don't know. Because there's so much confusion. There's so much. I think I don't think the actors are confused. I think they're actually playing off of the confusion because they want people. This this is their one shot to be in a movie of this grand of scale, maybe ever. Um, you know, not a lot of actors get that opportunity. I know, like, you know, a lot of actors go a long time before they get into a movie where it's like the biggest movie in the world for a year or two. You know, like Jurassic Park, like those actors. Outside of um, Jeff Goldblum, I mean, the other actors, you know, that was like their biggest movie ever, you know. You know, some of them were seasoned actors, too. I mean, you know, but Jeff Goldblum, you know, was no stranger to the big big scene. But that, I mean, that that's one of Jeff Goldblum's probably his one of his biggest things ever. Um, but. Yeah, so I think the actors are even like, oh, you know, look at all these wild, like wild conspiracies, you know. I, I've heard everything. Yeah, I've heard that Loki's gonna come back and he's gonna get the gauntlet. I've heard that Ronin's in uh, one of the Infinity Stones and he's gonna bust out and that's gonna be it. I've heard somebody's gonna have to give their soul to get the Soul Stone away from that. I mean, I've heard, I've heard everything. I've heard 
a ton of stuff. I've heard Thanos just gets bored and he uh, unsnaps it himself. Um, I've heard Adam Warlock's going to show up and, and cause cause havoc. I've heard everything. I've heard it. I've even heard that somehow the X Men are going to get introduced, and this is the movie, and this is what the big the big secret cover up is. I've heard the Fantastic Four might show up randomly. I've heard everything. I've heard that, like I said earlier, Iron Man puts the gauntlet on his left arm because his left arm throughout the entire MCU is always injured. And he's going to give up his left arm and it's going to snap his left arm off and that's going to leave him as a cripple. But he's going to build himself a robotic arm. But I don't know, you know, and forcing him to put the... Put the... Um, the chest piece back on his uh, power source back in his chest to power his arm. I've heard that. I've heard. I've heard everything. But Captain Marvel was the last. Is the last movie to come out before this, and it was the last bit of information we were gonna get to anything. This. This was the last information. This was. This is it. This is like we're in the home run stretch. I've been a fan of of X Men and Marvel for a very long time. I've actually leaned. More Marvel, you know, if it's X-Men, if it's the Avengers, if it's the Fantastic Four, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, you know, I I watched X-Men 1, 2, 3, Spider-Man. Um, I roll more with Marvel than I have ever and will ever roll with DC. But I've been watching since Iron Man 1 up until now. So now, this is it. I mean... This is not the last movie by far. They got more movies coming up. But this to me seems like the closing. This is the grand finale of the Avengers as we know it. As it being Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and the Hulk. Like that's it. Now they, they, might, they might not be the core team anymore. Um, probably not. It probably won't be. Uh, I believe that probably they're going to, they're probably, yeah, I probably somebody's getting killed off. There are people getting going to get killed off. Uh, I think this is, this movie is going to be really, really bad up front and not bad as in, uh, like bad the movie's gonna be bad this movie is gonna be really gut-wrenching in the beginning and then when they get to victory the victory is gonna be sweet but they're gonna get the victory and it's just gonna be like you're gonna just catch your breath at the end of it like like they barely did it like that was it like they barely won or they just barely leveled the playing field you know that's gonna be the, that's gonna be their victory they're gonna stop but anyways, going back to Captain Captain Marvel, to me, I give it like a nine out of a ten. Um, on a on a scale, like to me, the only thing lacking in Captain Marvel, and jumping from all of that bullshit I was just rambling on about to Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, man, I had no expectations. Uh, obviously, in the end of Infinity War, Nick Fury pages Captain Marvel, and that's how that ends. And then we had Ant Man come out, 
that had nothing to do with Captain Marvel. And then Captain Marvel came out a week ago. And it's it's her intro it's her intro story. And like I said, I give it a nine out of ten. I think the only thing that was really lacking for me was I think there could have been a little bit more action involved in the movie. Not to not to say that there wasn't any action, but I think there could have been a little bit more fighting. But in what they kind of wasn't as much fighting as there was, there was a little bit more comedy to it and a little bit more of backstory. Because we got the backstory of the Kree in Scroll War. Uh, we're get, we got, you know, Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel's beginning of it. Um, the Avengers, how the Avengers was just from a, it was just a thought. Um, and like I said, I give the movie like a 9 out of 10. I mean, I was, to me, it was fantastic. I was laughing. I mean, not, I don't really like laugh my ass off, like slap my knee knee jerk. But I was like, I was in there just chuckling a little bit. I mean, it was funny. Um, the cat stole the show. I don't know if you guys have noticed the cat memes going around about Captain Marvel. The cat stole the show. The cat, hands down, was like the best part of the movie. Um, but it starts out, you know, Captain Marvel in space. She doesn't know, has no memory. She's training with, um, I don't know the guy's character's name at this point, but Jude Law's character. And he tells her she's being held back. She's holding herself back. She, you know, they get a mission. They're going to go, you know, the movie picks up. The movie is really fast paced. For it being two hours, I think it's like two hours long. And it being a lot of story. And the movie's fairly like, you know, quick, quick about it. Like, they're on whatever planet they're on, I forgot. And. Then they get a mission, and then they're going to go do the mission. And they're with, um, yes, Jude Law. It's a couple other And that, their, their little squad is funny, too. Uh, Ronan's henchman. I can't think of his name. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I can't even think of the dude's name in, in real life. Um, oh, but he's a good actor, too. Not, did he die in Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm not 100% sure. Anyways. He's in there. You would recognize him if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in Captain Marvel as well. And I believe uh, he'd probably be back. Um, he's the dude that's in Gladiator. He's the, the main dude. Not not Russell Crowe, but the other dude. Can't think of his name at the top of my head. Anyways, they go on a mission, and their mission is to recon with the dude that's Got info on a plan. I don't know what happens, but that dude turns out to be uh, Cree. And the story kicks off from there. Captain Marvel blasts off and, and they barely escape. And they're hit, they, she heads to Earth, of all places. And the Cree follow, some Cree follow. Now, you're led to believe that, I think I'm actually confused, but either way, she lands upon Earth and crashes in the blockbuster, which was kind of funny, uh, rolls up on a security guard, and he points to a payphone, and that's how she communicates 
back with Jude Law to tell her where she's at. Um, she gives chase to a couple of the people that she's chasing on Earth. Well, actually, they're chasing her. Um, and they have the ability to shapeshift and all that. I can't think if it's the scroll or the Cree. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to... I I am fucking forgetting everything, even though it was was a week ago. But I only seen it once to, you know, to be fair. Chill. Um, Anyway, she lands on Earth, and Jude Law's character comes to Earth, but for whatever reason, he summons Ronin. Uh, Ronin's on his way. And on Earth, um, Captain Marvel finds out that, yeah, I think it's the Kree are looking for something on Earth, or maybe the Skrull are looking for something on Earth, or they had been looking for something on Earth, and her brain has the answer to it, so they go, and they're looking for something, anyways, they her mentor or her the one that made her Captain Marvel landed on Earth and built a like a light speed engine I think or something along those lines but anyways that blows up and that gives Captain Marvel like all the energy um Captain Marvel's character takes all the energy of the explosion. It gets on her. And that's how she becomes Captain Marvel. Like Now she's powerful. Because she absorbed this energy from a a light speed motor. And from there the story basically is she fights. um, Like everybody. (laughs) She fights off... um, both Kree and Scroll for a cool minute, and then she basically picks a side. And at some point, they end up back in space uh, with Nick Fury, with uh, her buddy that was on Earth as well. That th- everybody thought she was dead on Earth because she had been missing for six years. And yeah, they end up back in space. She comes across the she comes across the Tesseract. Uh, but it's still the Tesseract and not no longer the, an Infinity Stone. Uh, she comes across she comes across the Tesseract and that's what's powering the the light speed motor that uh, I can't forget I can't remember the doctor's name that built the motor I can't remember shit damn well anyways they come across the Tesseract and they bring the Tesseract back to Earth Ronan shows up. She fucks up, like, two of his ships, and he dips. And he just says he'll be back, not for the Tesseract, but for Captain Marvel. And so I kind of believe that that's where Captain Marvel Part 2 is going to go. I think Ronin is going to end up coming across her. I actually think Ronin was looking for the Tesseract at that point. But... I think he knows that the Tesseract is now being either guarded by Captain Marvel or he's going to have to fight Captain Marvel. So that might be 
and I I think that's how Ronan is gonna get in touch with because I don't think he's in touch with Thanos at that point. I don't know. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I believe that at some point Ronan is looking for the Tesseract or is looking for the Infinity Stones for Thanos, but he didn't get it. Um, if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1, you know he ends up getting one of the Infinity Stones, and he's able to wield it. But it's not its not the Tesseract. He gets... Uh, I think he gets the Power Stone. I forget which stone he gets. But anyways, um, yeah, I think he's going to end up scrapping Captain Marvel at some point. Uh, if not in Captain Marvel 2, maybe somewhere post-Thanos? I don't know. And who knows where the next Captain Marvel is going to go. But basically, at the end of Captain Marvel, uh, she takes off to space. She leaves Nick Fury a way to get a hold of her. Nick Fury, at that point, realizes that, look, that he needs to assemble a squad to handle. He's well aware of extraterrestrial at that point. So that's when he comes up with the Earth events or the... Actually, he's called... What did he have it as? Something... The Something Initiative, and then he changed it to the Avenger Initiative. Um... I think it was the Protector Initiative, and then he changed it to the Avenger Initiative, and that's how the movie ends. Now, the spoiler of the whole movie, there's like I said, there's nothing really to spoil about the movie. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely go see it. Uh, I would like to see it again. It's just, I'm trying to do a podcast. I don't really remember it. It was a week ago. I was going to do it, but I felt like I had to give you guys a few days. Um... And now it's like, it's not fresh in my head. I do remember what happened, but I just can't, don't remember anybody's name. And there was a lot, the movie is a long movie. And I just skimmed over it in like fucking 15 minutes. But anyways, I gave it two thumbs up. Uh, I've been hearing there's a lot of flack about it for some reason. There's a lot of internet nerds going on about, I don't know, there is a pretty strong like, girl power message behind it, and also I kind of feel like, you know, the scroll are refugees, and they kind of made a point, like, hey, like, they're just looking for a home, you know, and Captain Marvel's gonna help them look for a home, I kind of feel like that's a political message as well, but I mean, the movie overall wasn't, like, overly politicized, but it was pretty good, I mean, like I said, I give it a 9 out of 10, it was, it's funny, Nick Fury is funny. I mean, Samuel Jackson is funny. It's like a younger-looking version of him. Uh, they brought back, you know, Coulson, funny. Captain Marvel is funny. The Scroll is funny. Uh, there's a, just just a lot of funny stuff in the movie. Uh, and it's just they're standalone jokes. I mean, it's just made not. It's not. Some of it's like intentionally not funny, but some of it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good, dude. It's good. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, is it the best uh, introduction movie? Mm. It's hard to say. 
Or, no, no, the hands down Guardians of the Galaxy one was probably the best introduction movie. If we're sampling Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think even Spider-Man, but his intro was Civil War, which didn't count. Um, or actually, maybe it was Homecoming, maybe? But, I mean, that doesn't count. Doctor Strange? I actually like Doctor Strange a lot. Um... But I don't think it was as I don't I don't think anything was as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. But Guardians of the Galaxy have four people to talk about instead of just one. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But Captain Marvel was pretty good. I don't think it's the best. It was pretty good. Like a, as an introduction movie, it was good. Now the next one I want to see more action. I want to see, but she's gonna get all the action coming up, you know, soon. And I, and again, I don't know. Black Panther had his introduction in Civil War too, and I don't really think that counts. His, and then his own movie went bonanzas. I mean, that Black Panther, the actual movie, is great. Um, but anyways, that, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, go see it. I don't know if I spoil anything for you, but uh, she kicks ass. She comes across the Tesseract. The Tesseract makes it from to Earth. Uh, the Kree and Skull, Scroll War is going on. It's alive and well in the movie. And Ronin shows up. You know, it's immediate tie to Thanos. And I believe that Captain Marvel is going to be wondering, you know. The end credit scene is pretty much what you would have already seen if you watched the Avenger trailer that dropped today. Uh, it's basically Captain America, Black Widow. I believe it's Bruce Banner's in the room and Thor and Ant-Man are wondering... What's going on with the pager that Nick Fury dropped, and why did it shut off? And Captain America is like, turn it fucking back on. And the camera pans, like standing right behind him is Captain Marvel asking, "Where's Nick Fury?" And that's how the that end credit scene is. Now there's one all the way at the end, where it's the cat spitting up the Tesseract on Nick Fury's desk. Um, and that's how the Tesseract ends up in, in the movies. But I mean, I think the Tesseract, I don't, I don't know because I was under the assumption that the Tesseract was lost at sea in like when World War II was happening and this movie is based in like the 80s maybe or the 70s in the Tesseract. He found the Tesseract, but I thought the Tesseract wasn't found until, well, maybe they did find it. I don't know. But anyways, Nick Fury now has a Tesseract, and maybe he's had it since, like, the 80s. Maybe. But I thought, I don't know, but I don't know. I thought they didn't have it for a while, or it was missing. Anyways, but somehow, I, I don't know how they got a hold of the Tesseract. Anyways, um, yeah, that's that. Captain Marvel, fantastic. Now, moving on from that, uh, I went to go see How to Train Your Dragon, uh, The Hidden World, last night. And that's a phenomenal, man. That's a great uh, outro to the trilogy. Um, part 3 is, no, is not my favorite. I don't know. Part 1, 
it's hard to rate rank parts one, two, and three. Part two was really good. Um, part one was really good, and part three was really good. I mean, they were all equally good. Uh, if you liked parts one and two, part three of How to Train Your Dragon is good. If you liked Race, uh, the little Netflix, or I don't know if it's Netflix, the little animated series they had, the Race to Whatever Edge. Uh, I forgot what it's called. The Race to, I keep thinking it's Race to Witch's Edge, but it's not. It's something Race to World's Edge or something like that. If you liked any of that, you liked how, that part three is really good, man. And that part three. It's a, it's a little bit saddish at the end. Like, it goes there, like... And, I, and I'm going to spoil this one, too. But if you haven't seen it, then I don't give, really give a fuck. But How to Train Your Dragon, you know... Astrid and Hiccup are now older. You know, Hiccup's got a fuzz on his face. And everybody's a little bit older. Um... You know, Roughnut and all of them are older. You can totally tell they're older. Uh, they now have dragon armor. And they now have, you know, they each have, like, specialized, like, weapons for them. It, they went, they all have fly, uh, suits capable of flying. They each have their dragon, you know, obviously. And basically, Hiccup's the leader of Burke, as you would figure. Um, and the very first thing the movie starts off, he goes and sets free, you know, like 20 dragons. Takes them back to Burke. And you see Burke is just, like, crowded with dragons and humans and like. And it's not like it's just... But it's just crowded. Like, Burke is crowded. Now, the story gets its direction like right away basically it's what are they going to do with all these dragons and everybody that is anybody knows that they have dragons and knows that they have to attack them because simply they're just hoarding up all uh hiccup is hoarding all the dragons uh and it's not that he's hoarding them but he has them you know he's taking care of them he's taking care of all the dragons but for anybody to gain an advantage in the world that they need dragons and Burke is now a target. It's a big target. And the greatest villains are now... they Now they want to attack Burke, like, relentlessly. And that's become... That's the main thing in the movie. Like, you know, they, they keep trapping the dragons. They keep attacking Burke. What are they going to do with all these dragons? There's, like, more dragons than there is people. They're barely feeding everybody. So Hiccup's idea is... He doesn't know, but he wants to set free another group of dragons that are being trapped. And in doing the process, he finds out that the villain, I don't, can't think of his name, even though I just seen yesterday, the villain is now hoarding dragons himself, or he's killing dragons. And that guy wants to kill the Night Fury for some reason because he killed all the other ones. And he sets free a Light Fury to counteract Hiccup's Night Fury. And 
it really worked. the The villain's plan worked. Uh, Toothless ends up falling in love with the Light Fury, or actually, he's really attracted to him, and he can't. Toothless can't really keep up with the Light Fury because of his tail. He needs Hiccup to ride with him. Hiccup, in turn, sees that he's struggling, so he gives him his tail where he can fly by himself. And he and Toothless takes off with the Light Fury for, like, days. And now that that guy knows that, the villain knows that Toothless is gone, he sets out to go attack uh, Bert because he ended up moving. Now, Hiccup has a plan to take them to the hidden world, all the dragons there, and leave them there. And he actually wanted to move the people of Burke to that place as well. But things went went away. You know, things went sideways for Hiccup and Astrid and, and company. Basically, uh, what happens is Toothless becomes, he's the king of the dragons now, and all the dragons are now looking up to him. And he's got life here now, and she's like the queen, and they made for lives, and he can't leave her. So now that that guy introduced the, the two furies together, and they're like the last ones, like they're gonna make, they're gonna be together forever. So there's the separation already happened as soon as. To this came across her. So, you know, Hiccup lets Toothless go, but, you know, Toothless doesn't come back right away. Or he doesn't come back for a few days. And meanwhile, this guy's attacking Hiccup, and Hiccup goes to get Toothless to help. They have one last battle with the villain, but ultimately, that's it. Like, Toothless wants to go with his. Queen and Hiccup and Astrid are now soon to be. They're going to get married. So that's what happens. You know, at the end of the movie, Toothless leads the rest of the dragons and his his queen, Light Fury, to the hidden world again, even though they were there already. But he takes, at the, he takes all the dragons that were on Burke, the ones... Like all the all the rest of the dragons in the world, and leads them to the hidden world to live. And meanwhile, if the movie at the end flash forwards to Hiccup and Astrid's wedding when they're a little bit older, um, they get married and they have a little ceremony. And then it flash forwards again to Hiccup and Astrid now have their own little kids. They're probably it looks like they would be like five or six. And they're off sailing, and they actually find the hidden world on boat. I don't know how long it took them to find it because they were flying. It seemed like they were flying to the hidden world forever. Um, but they come across Toothless and, and Toothless's queen, and they come to find out that they have like three little baby Light Fury or Night Fury, Light Furies, whatever. And they're just a mix. The the two little or the three little dragons that they made are just like a mix of half light, half dark fury. Like they look like little baby pandas, but that can fly. And that's how the movie ends. It 
Oh, all in all, like I said, the last little bit was sad, but mo- for the most part, it was actually really good. Um, I don't know if it was better than part one or two, but I liked. I like. I liked it. I mean, it was a good. It was a good ending. Um, like I said, I don't know if if you've watched it. Um, to me, part one was really good. Uh, part two was better. Part three was just as good as part two. Um, yeah, I think, I hope, hopefully that's not the end of How to Train Your Dragons in the future going forward. I kind of feel like that could be a live action movie that's really, really good. If they could get down, because I, I know they tried Aragon, uh, a while ago, and Aragon had so much potential, and it just didn't deliver. But I think that was because the main actor was—I don't even know who the main actor that was—and the main villain was was not. They needed to spend a little bit of money on the actors, and they needed to spend a little bit more money on the dragons. And I think Aragon, if anybody knows that movie. I actually liked that movie, but Aragon had so much potential and it just fell flat. It's kind of like Percy Jackson. Um, but Aragon didn't get a part two, sadly enough. They didn't get a part two, which was damn. But How to Train Your Dragon, I think How to Train Your Dragon could be, if they keep it family friendly like they did, but they make it live, I think it could work. Um, maybe they could go PG-13, make it a little bit more adultish. Um, I think it could work. Uh, it can't be rated R, obviously, because, you know, even though you'd like it to be like, damn, I can't think of that movie with Christian Bell in, or he's hunting the dragons off the top of my, Reign of Fire. You'd like it to be like Reign of Fire, but it's just not going to be. Um, but it was, it's still good. I think there's so much potential for How to Train Dragon. I, I don't know if they're going to make any more side projects for it, but I, I hope it's not the last we hear of it. Um, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of all, all three parts. I liked it. Um, it worked. And I do know that there wouldn't be three movies if there wasn't making many money. Uh, I think DreamWorks knows that it was good. I, Anybody that I talk to that's watches, they like it. I mean, it's, that's just point blank what it is. Um, and that's like, I gotta I gotta give it like a like eight eight out of ten. I think I think it could have been a little bit more. I I don't know. Like it it was kind of like a goodbye to everything. I don't think they needed to go that route, but they went that route. So I'm like, okay, well they kind of try to went for the. The emotional pay dirt at the end, but they could have. I think they could have lived in peace with the dragons. They could have moved the Burks to to the hidden world, even though they didn't. Um, it would have been cool to see Hiccup and Ash's kids grow up with the little dragons, and maybe they were like the new age flyers or dragon riders. Um, you know, that would have been kind of cool. Like they could have went that way. I felt they just it was like the last like 10, 15 minutes of the movie was just like like they kind of went the Pixar route. 
like they try to get they try to get you to get like oh you know like damn that's so that's kind of like sad but i mean overall the movie was good i mean it i don't got no gripes with how they did it i mean it just i don't i wouldn't have gone that route if i was a director that would have not been have that would not have been my route but that was fantastic. Like I said, I watched that yesterday. I got a little bit more fresh memory than I did Captain Marvel. But I go see both of those movies. I, I highly recommend it. Um, I can't think of the next movie that's to drop. But I'm gonna, we're on the countdown to Godzilla. We're on the countdown to Endgame. And we're on the countdown. You know, we're, we're counting down now. Like, it's within it's within eyesight. Uh, the two biggies are obviously... Endgame, and for me, the next big one is Godzilla. Like, holy shit! Between those, both those movies, I'm expecting huge things, huge things out of them. But that's that. How to Train Your Dragon? I give it two thumbs up. An eight. Captain Marvel, like a nine. Two thumbs up for both of them. Um, go go check them out. Moving on from that, I binge watched The Umbrella Academy, and I gotta say, I gotta tell you, Cha Cha and Hazel to me, deserve their own damn Netflix story. Like, I would like to see Cha-Cha and Hazel's adventures through time, man. Uh, absolutely. Their their story, I think, usurped the actual Umbrella Academy. Um and maybe the commission, maybe they, maybe they might have upstaged even what was going on. There's there's like four bodies of action happening in the movie. There's the actual Umbrella Academy that's that's one through seven, which is Claus, D- Diego, Space Boy, Vanya. Um, I can't think of everybody, everybody's name now because I've watched that too. About three weeks ago, and I binge watched it, and I didn't even refresh. And I'm not even familiar with the comics. I just watched it because my brother was like, "Yo, watch it." Uh, I had a couple other people say, "Watch it," and I heard good things about it. And then I watched it, and I really liked it too. I gotta give it. It's a fantastic uh, superhero, but kind of based in reality, but kind of like um. It's just a different, little bit different take on things. The superheroes are not all super. They're far from it, but they're pretty. But they have powers, or I don't even know what their powers. Um. Yeah, you. It starts off, and like I said, I don't. I didn't know nothing about it. I didn't. I didn't read the comics. I know there's comics to it. Uh, I've heard that the comics are wildly different than the Netflix. But Hargreaves finds out that all these kids are born on the same date at the same, I think at the same time, like 23 kids. He ends up getting seven of them and he starts training them because he, I guess he just knows that they're going to be special and he trains them to be the world's superpower. He trains them to stop the apocalypse and he gets them when they're young. Claus can speak to the dead. Space Boy is just uber strong. Diego can throw knives, and I think he's fast. Um, Vanya, uh, if you know, Vanya is uh, 
spoiler, but she's got power. She's probably the most powerful one, but uh, Hargreaves puts a damper on her. Uh, damn, I can't think of anybody else's name. Ben is Ben dies. I don't know what they don't get into how he dies, but he's just a spirit talking to Claus. Um, I can't think of the girl's name, but she can. She hears a rumor and she can convince people to do whatever, whatever it is she wants. Oh, and the number five, I think number five, number five is one of my favorite characters in the whole movie, uh, or the whole movie, the whole series. Five is a, he can teleport himself uh, from area to area. Like, he just zooms in and out. Well, anyways, the story kicks off that it's, they're searching, they kind of were searching for him or they gave up searching for him. But he ends up going to the future. He, like I said, he could teleport himself in and around different places. Like, really quick. Kind of like, um, can't think of any superhero powers. Uh, like Nightcrawler, kind of. That's his ability. Like Nightcrawler's ability. But he decides that he's going to time travel. And he time travels to the future. And he finds out that the apocalypse happened. And he knows when it happens. And he doesn't know how it happens. But he knows it more or less a few things that happen and he can figure it out if he gets back. The problem is he can't get back. He got stuck. I think they said he was up there for 50 years. 40 or 50 years in the future and he was just like, it toyed with his mind because he was all by himself. Um, as I said, Ben was Ben died. They don't get into how he died. I don't know how he died. So there's no, there are the story only revolves around a few of them. Like they only re- revolves around four of them or five of them in the very beginning, until five shows up. Five shows up, and he immediately gets to work on to how to stop this apocalypse. Now he's trying to explain to everybody that the what I don't think he I think it's Starts explaining, but he he believes he can figure it out all by himself, and that's just not how it happens. Uh, he's searching for answers, and nobody really paying attention to him. Everybody's still kind of got their own thing going on. Claus is like doped up. Nobody is leaving at the house. Hargreaves is dead, and they just they they're, they're not really super for being superheroes. You know what I mean? They're, like I said, they're pretty. They're all, like, washed in their own way. Like, they all kind of just, like, either some of them don't want to do it. Um, you know, Hargreaves was an asshole. You know, they don't want to be superheroes. Space Boy was up on the moon for four years, and just that was that. You know, just things like that. Um, Ben's dead. And I mean that's how that that goes. Moving moving past that, Chacho and Hazel, Chacha and Hazel come in. They're time travelers, which is what five is. Um, 
they time travel and the, their whole goal is they're trying to alter the timeline because they do know that the apocalypse is happening as well. Um, and they're part of this organization called the Commission. And is it the Commission? I believe so. Uh, and they're trying to stop it as well, but they have to do their their approach is kind of like uh, that, and that kind of happens too, like kind of like the Terminator ish. Like they go back into certain events and they try to make certain events happen so that certain people live so that it affects things in the future that could possibly lead to the apocalypse not happening. Well, Five knows exactly how it happens, but he can't get back. So he ends up doing work for the commission and the commission is having him kill people. So he becomes an assassin. Um, I think he went, he was at the grassy knoll to assassinate uh, JFK. And he figures out how to come back. And he comes back. And that's how he gets back to where. There's only like eight days or seven days. Till the apocalypse happens. From the time he winds up back with. The other six that are there. Uh, and then he quickly realizes that they're not, they're not team. They're in shambles. And he tries to go stop the apocalypse by himself. But he's moving forward. Like I said, there's there's the Umbrella Academy, there's the Commission, there's Chacha and Hazel, and the fourth one is there's an actual villain. Uh, it's the guy. He's now he does a lot of villainous roles. I don't know his name, but he knows that Vanya's got powers, um, and he's out to he's got a vendetta against Hargreaves because he was born on the same day. I think it's October 23rd. But Hargreaves didn't want him to be special, so he wasn't. He ends up convincing Vanya to practice her powers. And he does. He taps into her. And comes to find out that she can... Her emotions, the stronger they get, the more powerful they become. she becomes. And... He taps into it. And it just so happens that. The other five. Realize that she's. Uber powerful. And that she's out. Now she's out of control. Just a series of events. Bad happened to her. You know. Along the whole story. And. And then it's just like. They decide to do exactly what Hargreaves did to her, and that's lock her up, like, to try to dampen her powers, because they just don't know how powerful she becomes, and she starts getting angry and angrier, and her powers start amplifying more and more, and to the point where they can no longer just stop her, like, one-on-one. She ends up boogieing. To her violin um, solo thing that she had going on. And Five now realizes that the end of the world is happening. But they're trying to stop it. And I think, it ha- they, I think they figure out that the guy she was dating. I can't think of his name. Um, but he's actually the main villain. 
he is actually responsible for the apocalypse. And but he he sets off Vanya and they figure that out and they go to stop Vanya at her violin uh, recital or whatever it is. Now they don't actually stop anything. The apocalypse happens. Vanya is just uber pissed at everybody and she fucking blows up the moon. Now they knock her unconscious and five ends up teleporting them, I think either in the future or the past. All it's it's all seven of them at that point. They all teleport somewhere else, but the moon ends up crashing onto Earth and the apocalypse happens. And that's basically how the Umbrella Academy ends. It leaves on a cliffhanger. I, I'm excited for season two. Like I said, Chacha and Hazel their story blew me away. Their, their shit was funny. Um, especially Cha-Cha. Uh, Hazel was good, too. I mean, the, the two tandem, it was good, man. And I hope they get I hope they get to get either their own spinoff or... I think the timeline is going to have to reset because the apocalypse... They're going to have to go back and save everybody. They might go back before Vanya implodes. Maybe they go back to all the way to the random kids, but the commission will exist. Chacha and Hazel will both exist. Uh, Ch- uh, Chacha actually falls in love with somebody, and he takes off. So Hazel's the only one that I don't know. They got to bring back somehow, but they got to get they got to get Chacha and Hazel back together. Um, the Umbrella Academy was fantastic. I got to give it like an eight out of a ten. Um, I only don't give it a nine or a ten out of ten. Solely because it just is damn near the story. It's almost it almost is X Menish. Like Vanya to me is just Jean Grey. Uh it's very similar, but I mean it's totally it's really different because the X Men are the X Men don't have the issues that they have. Hargreaves is an asshole, and Charles Xavier is not an asshole. Uh, Vanya is, you know, plays violin. Jean Grey actually knows about her powers, but doesn't know how strong her powers are. Uh, but it's really similar. I mean, that, that's the only thing. That's the only knock I got against it. But everything else is fantastic. I mean, when season two coming? When we're we gonna get that? Um, can't wait. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good. I mean, you know, I don't know none of the characters, other than the main one, Vanya, I know is pretty famous. You wouldn't know her, um, from other movies or from whatever else. It's just, it's a, it's a really good, I, I like that. I think it's 10 episodes. We're pretty good. They're like hour long each. So each one is like a little mini movie. Uh, and then you get 10 episodes of his fantastic. I say, I, maybe I'll give it an eight and a half out of ten. Other than it being eerily similar to, like, the X-Men. And, and honestly, Vanya blowing up the moon and it blowing up the Earth. Uh, Jean Grey.
it'd be kind of interesting to see if the Dark Phoenix actually takes that route as well. Because that's actually what happens. <laughs> uh, they actually tried to do that in X, X3, but it didn't work. Or Wolverine killed her. But, you know, whatever. Um, that's that. If I spoiled any of it for you, you know, it's too bad. So, say you had time to watch it. Uh, and I don't even know who's going to be listening to this, but it is what it is, man. I mean, it is what it is. You just take it for what you for what it is. I mean, maybe if I'm a bigger podcast channel, maybe, you know, I'm going to put spoiler alert all over everything, but whatever. Um, moving on, I'm going to touch on anime uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, I've been binging a lot of animes lately. Um, as I said, I'm trying to learn... Japanese and actually the anime is helping a lot um I'm picking up things like I still listen to my Japanese you know phrases and then I'm picking it up in how people how they're talking in the anime I'm picking up just phrases in words in numbers in how things go like I kind of can see it and I can hear it. Now I'm, I, it's just repetition. Once I've heard it enough, once I hear things enough, and once I learn things enough, and it comes in, it over a year or two or three, I'll, I'll get it. Um, but that's the anime I was watching was uh, damn, I don't even know how to say. It. Honestly, it's Kakaguri. Yeah. I think that's how it is. Uh, it's the school of gambling. The school of gambling. Yeah. Category. Uh, basically, the main character. Damn it. What is her fucking name, man? Damn it. Um, basically, she comes to school, but she's a seasoned gambler. And every the school, all it is, is they're really rich kids, and they gamble on everything. Doesn't matter what it is, they just gamble. And the stakes are like high, like they just gamble just to gamble. But everybody's in the millions and millions of yen. Which is millions and millions of dollars. It is, you know, they're gambling on people's lives. They gamble on, you know, servitude. They gamble on everything. And the main character comes in, who is a girl, and she completely obliterates, like, the first three people that she plays anything at. She goes all in and, like, bankrupts. Everybody. Um, of course, it's not that's she doesn't win everybody she gambles against, but her main objective is to gamble against the the main the I think it's the the school council of the gamblers. There's a little squad of them at the top that are just like the main. They oversee everything, and she wants 
the main seat. Anyways. The way they go about gambling. And the way they picked up on the different cards. And how everybody was cheating. Uh, she beats everybody. Eventually. Um, the council that is. Set up. Is very, it's, it's very interesting, man. I, I get, I give the series on just some basically what it was, probably like a nine out of a ten. Um, I don't, I don't remember everybody's name. Like, I watched it like an episode here, an episode there. It took me like a week and a half to watch it, and now I don't even remember anybody's name, but the, it's, it's good. Um, they play poker. Um, a lot of gambling games uh, that you would be familiar with. And a lot of gambling games that, you know, it does have an anime twist on it. You know, but it was really good, man. Like, like I said, it was, really, it was a really good series for me. Uh, just, it, it, as a matter of fact, it was a really good series because it had a lot to do with numbers. So I could I'm starting to get the, the hang of numbers, like Japanese numbers. Um, so I was kind of hearing the numbers. There was a lot of numbers involved in it. But anyways, the main character, uh, ends up losing everything and she becomes a house pet. And the house pet basically means that she's in debt and... The only way to get out of debt is to gamble with, basically, it's your life at that point. Whatever it is, like, that everybody there is, like, their father's own yachts or or is the company, you know, president or their father is the minister of France. So they're going to be this or they're going to be that or they're going to inherit this or inherit that. And now they're ga- when you're in the debt, now you're gambling. If you can't pay the debt, now you're gambling. Like, they're turning basically the hospice. I mean, I would basically assume they turn them into slaves at that point. But I said they, they can, there's a way out once they get to there. And I, you, uh, the main girl, damn it, what is her fucking name? The main character knows, knows this and she can at that point challenge anybody on the council to a match and it could be for whatever 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 you want to gamble she ends up winning back not only like a billion yen at the end but also her freedom as she beats the second in charge of the council but she ends up drawing with the main one, and it was a good. It's a good series, man. I really, I really enjoyed it. I don't know anybody's fucking name, and it's pissing me off because I was wanted to talk about it, and now I'm like drawing a blank. Uh, the season, the season is only like 13 episodes long, I think, or 12. Um, it was really short. Every episode is only like 20 minutes long, but it's really good. I mean, I thoroughly liked it. Um, 
I guess the main girl goes in the school. She ends up bankrupting a few people, and then she ends up all everybody that she battled in the gambling that lost to her end up becoming her friend because then she ends up helping them out, get back the money that is owed, and get back you know their status from being out of being house pets and being back into the regular school, which is hard for anybody to do once they're a hospital. Once they're a hospital, you gotta understand they're once they're bankrupt it's hard for them to get out of out of it. They get almost stuck there. People get stuck there, I guess in this setting. They get stuck there all the time and they can't get out. Um or there's just no way they're not capable of getting out. But I mean it was good. I mean I started I watched Baki as well. Uh, Baki was really good. Um, I can't wait for the next season of Baki drop. And I just started JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, fantastic as well. As a matter of fact, it's just that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure hits on a whole nother level because JoJo is fighting against Dio Brando and Dio is close to home for me. I mean, it just immediately it was like, holy shit, like I gotta watch this now. So I'm I'm only like three or four episodes in to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Well actually I'm like about six um episodes in. But I mean I'm gonna watch that and I've already started watching the order. Uh I think I'm like three or four episodes in on The Order. The Order is kind of corny, but it was kind of good too at the same time. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, the Kakiguri is, to me, it was really good. It was really good. One of the better of the animes that I've seen. It was better than Baki. Um, it, it was, it was really good. I really liked the story of it. Like, I wish I could give you more details, but it's just the school of gambling. And there's definitely going to be another season of it because it. What's the main character is she? Even though she got back all her money, she's not. She's not the top of the school, and the school wants her to join the council, and she doesn't want to. But that may change. Season two may not change. Um. Who knows? I mean, they could go anywhere. But I think that I watched Goku Dolls, which was really good too. But it wasn't as good as, as Kakiguri, and it wasn't as good as Baki. But I watched the Goku Dolls. And like I said, I'm watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure now. Um, and I'm looking for other animes to watch as well. Um, because they're so short, and I can get them, I can watch, I can binge the hell out of them. I'm not going to fuck with Naruto or. or Dragon Ball Z, but I'll watch any other ones. I might do One Punch Man. Um, I might do, I might do other ones. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyways, guys, that you know, I was shooting the shit for a while on all these other ones. You know, I was kind of drawing blanks, so I don't know if I want to actually post this, but I might. I mean, we'll see how it goes. You know. What I really should have done is only have done is watch Captain Marvel, and then I should have 
watched it. I should have watched it twice and then and then did a podcast. But whatever. Um, I don't got. I don't. I'm not. If I guess if I was to do straight up just podcast, I probably could do something like that. And you know, if that was my if I didn't have actual work until such time as I could just do podcast as my actual work and make something of it, if that ever gets to be a possibility, then yeah, I'll go see a movie two or three times in the theater and then wait a week and then talk about it on a podcast. I mean, I'd love to do something like that, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. Um, Y'all got the gist of it. Kakagori is amazing. Go watch it. Uh, like I said, I'm in the middle of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I'm in the middle of the order. And now that I took it upon myself to start learning Japanese and started watching anime, now Netflix is throwing at me a shitload of animes to watch. And it's like, well, I got to watch them all now. Like, just what it is. Anyways, guys, I'm I'm done. I mean, I've been yapping already for like a little bit more than an hour, almost an hour and fifteen minutes. So I'm gonna about to log out this, and I guess I want to talk about the next time I do a podcast. Might be talking Raiders football. I might not. Um, maybe Lakers talk. I don't feel like I've touched on sports in a cool minute because my teams fucking suck. Shit. Um, the Dodgers lost the World Series. I don't even fucking talk about that. Uh, the Lakers are fucking, I don't know what is going on with them. They're not doing shit either. Um, the Raiders are making noise in free agency, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I want to do a whole podcast on them signing Antonio Brown. So the the next podcast is up in there. The, the idea might hit me sooner or later. But it's not hit me yet. But it, it could come. It could come. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I do know for a fact, though, that I don't got any movies or any concerts lined up for next week. So you're not going to get a back-to-back week. So, you know, we're like really close to con- But I do have a concert at the end of this month on the 23rd. Which is not next week, but I think the week after. Ten days from now, I believe. Maybe it's not. No. It's on a Saturday. Or maybe it's the 27th. I'm not sure. But either way, I mean... I'm not exactly 100% sure what the next podcast is going to be about. But I probably... It'll probably come to me. Um... We might talk a little bit about, but I might, when I say we, I don't know if it's a we, but I might talk a little bit about, I don't know, sports probably, probably the next part. It might go the sports route, because I got to talk about these fucking Lakers, and I got to talk about these Raiders, and I got to talk about these, the upcoming season to the Dodgers, man, what's to expect for the Dodgers? I mean, that's probably where I'm going to go. That I mean, now that I'm kind of thinking about it. That's where I might go. But anyways, I'm out. I'm calling it at night. It's like fucking 11 o'clock at night. And I actually can't do this because I worked out a little bit before. 
and I was just brimming with energy, and I just could not lay down and go to bed. So here I am shooting the shit, uh, talking to the phone, talking to myself, but talking to people who are listening. As odd as that is, sounds. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'm out, you guys. I'll catch you later. Peace.